Well, folks, welcome to Vocation Sunday on behalf of myself and Karen. My name's Simon Janot, and I'm the rector of Marilyn Parish. I heard a story about uh, a, a, a man called Bud Wilkinson, who was the coach of the Oklahoma soccer football team. And he was asked uh, how the game of football had contributed to the health and fitness of America. But to the reporter's shock, Wilkinson responded, it has not contributed one bit. What do you mean, stammered the reporter. Wilkinson said, I define football as 22 men on the field desperately needing rest and 22,000 fans in the stadium desperately needing some exercise. He was saying that there should be no bench warmers, that it's all wrong that the unfit watch the fit doing all the work. And I think that's true of the church. There shouldn't be anyone on the bench. We're all on the team. We're all called to serve Jesus and we all need to just do it. If the ecclesia means the called out ones, we're called out for a purpose. We're called out for work. I'm absolutely convinced that God has a job for you. It might not be the kind of job that I and Karen do, it might be something completely different. I'm right in front of a camera right now, and Matthew, who's a Christian worker, is shooting uh, this sermon. You might be called into all manner of things, but we want to encourage you that there's a role for you in the work of the church. I love the scripture from Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. There are good works for you to do. There's service for you to do. And now we need to do it. In whatever God is calling us, we need to do it. I love a story in Luke chapter 4. And it's about Simon Peter's mother-in-law. And she is sick with a fever and Jesus visits their house. And the Bible says, so he stood over her and he rebuked the fever and it left her. And immediately she arose and served them. Look at that. She was sick. She was healed. And in no time at all, she was serving. Uh, uh, one of my parishioners, Bishop Ken Clark, that's not everybody can say that. Uh, he talks about we're in the SAS. We're either saved and stuck or we're saved and serving. Here we see a lady who moves from sick to saved to serving in 10 seconds flat. I want to encourage you that you're called not to be stuck, but to serve. I'm sure for many people listening uh, this morning, uh, Romans 12 is one of your favorite passages, and it's certainly one of my favorites. Uh, it begins, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. It says, therefore, therefore, I appeal to you. I urge you. What is it therefore? Why does it say therefore? Because there's been lots of theology in the first 11 chapters of Romans. And then it switches, therefore, do something. You know, it's in view of God's mercy. I, I'm standing right in front of a cross here. We're living in view of what God has done for us, in view of what Jesus has done for us. Are we not moved to serve 
in response. I love the hymn that says, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. There's a demand, therefore we've got to do something. Our creeds that we say on a Sunday morning need to lead us to deeds that we do. Our faith has to manifest itself in good works. Our salvation should lead to serving. I love a story, and this might be a wee dodgy one. I hope Bishop David's not cross, but it's the pastor of a congregation that's very stuck in their ways, and he threatens that he's going to switch the communion wine for prune juice. And when asked why he would dare entertain such a thought, he said, if the Holy Spirit won't move you, maybe the prune juice will. We live in view of God's mercy. Therefore, we've got to do something. Therefore, this has to move us. And not just move us emotionally, but move us practically into service. On this Vocation Sunday, let's think, therefore, in view of God's mercy, what will I do? What am I being called to do? See, it moves on to say, it says, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. We're being asked to put ourselves on the altar of God. You know, in the Old Testament, the response in the life of faith was to make sacrifice of something else. But under the new covenant, we're called to be living sacrifices, to put ourselves, as a spiritual act of worship, to put ourselves on the altar. But someone once said the problem with a living sacrifice is it keeps on getting up off the altar. Here's the question. In your life, is it my will or is it thy will? Is it, is it my preferences and decisions and everything that has to suit me? Or is it the calling to do something for him? I love what Mother Teresa said, that she wanted to do something beautiful for Jesus. Do you want to do something beautiful for Jesus? Maybe in your church, there's no Sunday school. Well, maybe God is calling you today to be the person who says, it's not about my preferences and my comfort on a Sunday morning. I'm going to serve, therefore, in view of God's mercy. I'm going to offer myself, or maybe one of those other seven things that Karen shared with us this morning, evangelism, ordained local ministry, whatever it might be, maybe you're being called to offer yourself as a living sacrifice on the altar for God. I love a story about a, a preacher called Dr. Scroggy. And Dr. Scroggy, which I hope I'm pronouncing right, was speaking at the Keswick Convention in England. And on one occasion, he was approached by a, a young woman who had been stirred by this message on the Lordship of Christ. And walking up to Dr. Scroggy at the close of the service, she said, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life, but I'm afraid God will send me overseas as a missionary, and I really don't want to go. And Dr. Scroggy opened up the Bible to Acts chapter 10. And he talked about that moment, you remember when the, the sheet falls down in Peter's vision with all those animals uh, on it, and the Holy Spirit says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter answers, not so, Lord. 
Dr. Scruggy goes on to explain, it can't be that way. A slave can never dictate to the master. To say it not so, Lord, is impertinent. Now, advised Dr. Scruggy, I want you to cross out the two words, not so, and leave the word Lord. Or else cross out the word Lord and leave the not so. He handed her his pencil and quietly walked away. For some time she struggled and then he returned and looking over her shoulder, he saw a tear-stained page of her Bible. The words not so were crossed out. And with a glad light in her eyes, she repeatedly affirmed, Lord, Lord, Lord. No longer would she dictate. She was now his disciple and he was her Lord and master. You see that? Not so, Lord. It can't be both. It can't be us telling God what we are going to do and still calling him Lord. We have to cross out either not so and make him Lord or Lord and make it not so. We need to offer ourselves as living sacrifices on the altar of God. So we have therefore living in view of his mercy. We have the call to be living sacrifice, sacrifices as our act of worship. And thirdly, it goes on to talk about the renewed mind. It said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We have to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. The flesh will cry out, what's in this for me? I want to go on a Sunday morning and I want to sit in my pew or my seat. I don't want to be running about making coffee for people. I don't want to be looking after the children. I don't want to be doing a course uh, where I have to learn theology. I don't want to be doing this and I don't want to be doing that. What's in it for me? But folks, the renewed mind moves us. The Spirit of God moves us. Where it's not about my will, but about His will. It's not about my glory, but about his glory. It's not just about me, but the extension of the church and of the kingdom of God. Think of the sons of thunder who come to Jesus and they say, do we get the best seats when you come into your kingdom? It's not meant to be like that. It's all about him. I love, again, a story about the famous missionary David Livingstone, uh, who helped open up uh, the continent of Africa to the gospel of Jesus. He was a, a trained and a very talented doctor, and he had great prospects of a big career before entering the mission field. But his brother was also a doctor. When, when David Livingstone informed uh, his brother of his intentions, his brother was confused and almost ridiculed him. He said, I don't want that kind of life. I want to make a name for myself. Well, today, David Livingstone's brother is mentioned in Encyclopedia Britannica as being David Livingstone's brother. That's all it says about him. But David Livingstone has 16 paragraphs describing his life and his work. See, David Livingstone never wanted to make a name for himself, but yet God made him great in his kingdom. And can I encourage you, as we offer ourselves as living sacrifices, the renewed mind says, not for my glory, but for Jesus' glory. And if you want to know your place and your purpose, put your eyes on the cross and think of what you will do to make his name 
famous. We've talked about the therefore, living in view of God's mercy. We've talked about the call to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. We've, called, we've talked about the need for a renewed mind where it's about Jesus' glory and not my own. It's about his glory and not my comfort. And finally, it goes on to talk about the body of Christ. It goes on to say that it's all about his body. Verse 4, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. The body of Christ. You can only find your purpose and your place as a Christian when you're part of the body of Christ. I want to encourage you that we need to be part of the body of Christ regularly and faithfully and discern with our brothers and sisters, with our our minister and with the leadership there, what the calling is on our life. You know, we're not meant to be a, a prosthetics factory with loads of legs and arms just lying around disconnected. The church is meant to be a body, and the body can only work if the hand's doing what the hand's supposed to be doing and the nose is doing what the nose is supposed to be doing and the eyes what they're supposed to be doing. We all need to work together. And in that environment of all working together, of all seeking the kingdom as one body, we'll find our place. We'll find our purpose. Not dismembered, but together. You know, the word for gifts is linked strongly to the word for grace. And it's beautiful to know, isn't it? That God will not only gift us, but grace us for the task. I love what the famous Billy Graham says. He says, the will of God will not take us where the grace of God cannot sustain us. Whatever he calls you to do, whatever it might be, from evangelism to pioneer ministry to parish reading to lay reading to youth work to children's work to the ordained ministry to whatever it might be. Wherever he calls, he will grace. Wherever his will calls you, his grace will sustain you. You know, I'm nearly finished uh, sharing this morning. We've thought about the therefore and about our response, our our being moved to service by what Jesus has done for us. We've talked about the call to be living sacrifices. We've talked about the need for a renewed mind and for belonging to the body of Christ as we figure out what exactly God is calling us to do. But maybe there's some people here who think there are lots of reasons why they're not good enough to serve God. Lots of reasons why they're not good enough to do either uh, lay ministry rules or ordain ministry rules. Can I encourage you, please take your place. The body is not complete without you. I was fascinated this week reading a little story about one of my uh, favorite movies. Goes back a wee while, but E.T., the extraterrestrial, that famous Steven Spielberg film. And you know, they, they come up with this this, this brilliant-looking alien for E.T. They had everything absolutely perfect for E.T. He was, he was absolutely perfect, but they could not find a voice for him. And Steven Spielberg had a technician, and they, they were working at all these different effects and all to try and get the right voice. 
but they just couldn't get it right. It just didn't connect somehow with this character of E.T., the extraterrestrial. Well, Steven Spielberg's technician was one day in the shop, just doing his, his shopping as usual, and he, he was talking, uh, well, he heard a lady talking to the shop assistant, and her voice was exactly what they needed. And he called this lady who was talking to the shop assistant to come and uh, do an audition. This lady was called Mrs. Welch. She'd been smoking for decades and her voice was raspy and crackly and it was perfect for E.T. And so Pat Welch, an unknown American housewife, became one of the biggest money, became a member of one of the most biggest money-making movies of all time. Folks, can I encourage you, whatever you have, whatever God's stirring you to do, do it. We need you to do it. We need you to do it to see the body function as it should and for the kingdom to be extended as God wants it to be. Don't make excuses. Make a move and serve the Lord. I love the scripture from Ephesians 5, 14. Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And he'll not only shine on you if you awaken and do what you're called to do, he'll shine through you also. Let me pray as we close. And as we move into prayer, I'm just really taken by the words of a Matt Redman song, I will offer up my life. Let's make it our prayer. Jesus, what can I give? What can I bring to so faithful a friend, to so loving a king? Savior, what can be said, what can be sung as a praise of your name for the things you have done? Oh, my words could not tell, not even in part, of the debt of love that is owed by this thankful heart. Lord God, what we have, we give you. We cross out the not so, and we make you Lord. We live in view of your mercy, and we offer ourselves today as living sacrifices in your service, and in your church. Here I am, wholly available. As for me, I will serve the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.